Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with your host, Dr. Veerja Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerja Jackson. Hello and welcome to the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Virdra Jackson and I'm excited because I feel like we're going into the summertime and how many people want to reclaim their joy? I know that's right. So we have an amazing guest this episode who's going to take us through her journey to recognize that she has overcome many hurdles of adversity. And now I love this and I'm gonna ask her more about this, but in her bio, she identifies herself as a joy strategist. Yeah, I know you're excited because joy is something all of us could have more of. So let me introduce our guest to you. Born just outside of Atlanta, Dr. Bonita Sr. cycled in and out of her grandmother's home and the projects. She was subjected to her parents' unhappiness from a very early age. When her mother finally left her father, Bonita thought perhaps she'd finally have the relationship with her mother that she'd always wanted. Instead, she was subjected to her mother's neglect and then abused by her brothers. This went on for years before she began seeking refuge in food and men. Over time, she became unhealthier and unhappier. She eventually decided it was time to break the spell and finally shake off her family's negative influence. Dr. Benita sought out spiritual groups that could help her make her personal life as successful as her career life, and it worked. In her time with her groups, she learned more about herself and her family's history than ever before, and she began working toward putting the pieces of her life in order. Today, she has two sons, and a doctorate in education, and she is happier than ever. This is her journey, and she'd love to share it with us. So welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, Dr. Bonita Sr. Welcome to the show, Dr. Bonita. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jackson. This is a wonderful platform to talk about. If you just hang on, things can change. So I just, I'm just thrilled to be here and in your presence and on this show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And you are already coming with it. I just love it. If you hang on, I know there are many who are um, coming through and coming out of more than two years of challenge and trial and change. And you have shared, uh, and we're gonna talk about your book, From Doomed to Doctor. We're gonna talk about that, 
And you've shared so honestly in your bio a bit about your past. But when we talk about the flip side of adversity, I'm curious, what were the turning points for you from such a hard and riddled and traumatic early start? What what were the turning points? Well, thank you for that question. Um, I became aware that I was repeating the same behaviors and getting the same results. I would think if I did it this way, it'd be a different result, but I had to become aware of, Benita, you're getting the same results. Mm -hmm. And I read something the other day uh, that said, you can either repeat or evolve. Oh, yes. I love that. When I read that, I was like, okay. I'm choosing evolve. (laughs) I, I chose evolve, you know, And one of the main things I want to say is be aware of your patterns and what keeps showing up in your life. And that will give you a clue that something needs to change. Wow. So really recognizing that we have to be willing to open our eyes and identify what is continuing to show up because you literally identified the the famous quote of um, defining insanity. Like if we want a different outcome, then we have to be willing to evolve, as you said, evolve and embrace the opportunity to change. When you were going through so much adversity and even recognizing that you were repeating patterns, what kept you from losing hope? Excellent question. Uh, The one thing that kept me from losing hope was I was blessed with the natural ability to learn. And so I could do well if you set me in a classroom. Mm-hmm. But yeah. when you go to my personal life, <laughs> failure, failure, wow. failure. So I was like, why is it I can sit in the classroom and do well? But when you go to my personal life, it is terrible. I'm just mm-hmm. making all of these choices. Those choices, yeah. So I think missing. So it, it, you know, there's more to learning. There's more to knowledge. There's more to talent. There was something missing. And my mission was to find it. Yeah. Find I think what was missing. It's really powerful when that integrity moment happens, when we're willing to say, you know, what is showing up either in my career, in academia, when I'm on a platform and I can have accolades, I can have attention, but if my personal life is not aligning with my life on stage or in performance, it's a time in which we need to be willing to show up in integrity and say, what do I need to change and in prior to our setting up the show, you shared that there were two destructive behaviors of people pleasing and fear that you had to overcome to create that shift and change. So what was your process after you realized 
you looked in the mirror, you decided it's time to evolve. What, what were your steps to overcoming people pleasing and fear? Um, my steps, first of all, was to do inner assessments. It's mm -hmm. always about inside out, not outside in. It's the reverse of what the world tells us. And that's why so much chaos. So I realized I had a trust issue and who wouldn't coming up in that environment. So I decided to get with groups, you know, uh, women aspiring together to succeed. Uh, strong black women. I just got with groups because I was not able to trust, but I could sit in a group and listen to people, you know, talk. And I would hear myself in those people. And I started to realize that I just had to develop my spirituality. Mm -hmm. If I got with the creator of the universe, mm -hmm. if I asked him, her, it, to help me with this destructive pattern, mm -hmm. really be ready to let this power help me with this destructive pattern, it was removed. Yeah. But I had to be willing to say I have it. I had to have people around me to strengthen me. This is, you can't, I'm saying you can't do it alone. Either get your accountability buddy, either get your church group, get get four brothers together. We thrive when we're in groups. So yeah. that was one of the main things, just to know I needed other people to put their arms around me and say, it's okay, you know, that you're a people pleaser, a world-class people pleaser. It's okay. You won an Oscar in it. <laughs> Where's you know, my Academy Award? You know? Yes, so, you yeah, got an Academy Award in people pleasing. I think it is really powerful to acknowledge that even though you had experienced neglect, um, abandonment, experienced domestic violence, um, and in those scenarios, the residue of what you had been through was still on you and affected the ability to trust. And in on our platforms, I often share that um, my faith is important to me. And I recognize that um, because what I do, we all, many people may not believe the same, have the same faith that I have, but there is a truth that resonates between both of our perspectives in that we are not on this planet to do it alone. And we were created to be able to connect with others. When I think about how um, God in my life, how Christ has shown me who I am, and that he's placed me here for a purpose. It's an opportunity for those to, who want to begin to recognize this, it, me being here is not just about me surviving. 
I know you have a platform where you often talk about thriving instead of just surviving. So can you tell me a little bit about how did you overcome fear in order to thrive? Good question. Ooh. <laughs> I know that I use the word, I use the word fear. Everyone heard me. Everyone heard me. Yes, I did. You know, I've learned that fear um, can be faced. Mm -hmm. I've learned that as soon as I acknowledge, I feel it. Mm -hmm. For me, a lot of time it dissipates. Mm -hmm. But if I try to suppress it, mm -hmm. it builds and it grows. Uh, one of the things that my former, my late minister, Doc, Bishop Dr. Barber used to tell us is to say, you know, God didn't give us a spirit of fear. And so I would ask God, I, sometimes I think he's, he tells me, Benita, you lean on me too much, but <laughs> God help me with this fear. Mm -hmm. I know you didn't give it to me. And my fear of being alone is what kept me in those destructive mm -hmm. relationships. I couldn't have a centimeter of space between the one that's ending and the next one that I was starting because yeah. it was just so much fear. But I was, over, I was able to overcome it again with groups, friends, and you have to find like-minded friends. And they just embraced me. I saw them walk through it. And I was like, I can walk through it. And bigger than that, it takes having a relationship with God, the creator of yeah. the universe. Yeah, that scripture um, that you just re referenced, um, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. It really echoes our theme for the month of June, which is harmony over hustle. And when I think about the most critical times that I've watched people shift into a hustle state, or I myself have shifted into a hustle state, it has been in response to some level of fear and I have forgotten that I have access to power, love, and a sound mind. Absolutely. And that the, that is a promise that is my inheritance. And when I think about how oftentimes we can get emotionally hijacked <laughs> and forget <laughs> the very foundational things that we um, know to be true because we've shifted into survival. And I caught one of your YouTube videos and you had the four E's of emotions. And you said emotional responsiveness, emotional exhaustion, emotional reliability, and emotional health. I'm curious, can you talk a little bit more about your philosophy that emotions are like rain and rainbows and we need both of them? <laughs> we do. You know, there, there are good emotions and then there are emotions that 
we don't we we like to feel any emotions that we don't like to feel. And the bottom line is we got to feel all of them. Yeah. Uh, and one the things that I've learned throughout my growth process is a feeling is just a feeling. And so mm-hmm. when we learn as human beings, that is part of who we are. You know, mm-hmm. we've gotten so into intellect that we don't want to accept that we have an emotional part that needs to be managed. It needs to be navigated. So I love, I don't know if any of you all have this feeling wheel. Wow. That this feeling, feeling wheel. wheel. Oh, it's, it's the bomb. I go on there and say, okay, I feel hurt. Yeah. Just by saying I feel hurt, it begins mm-hmm. to go away. Wow. But if I don't, identify, yeah, if I don't identify it, so you know what, Dr. Benita, for our radio listeners, can you um, tell us who created that feeling wheel? And um, if you give us the citation, then people can find it and put, potentially get access to it. Who created my pleasure, that? It, my pleasure. It is developed by Dr. Gloria Wilcox, uh, P.O. Box four eight. 363 St. Petersburg, Florida. And you can just Google the feeling wheel and tons of them will pop up. But it is, oh, it is so good. Yeah. I love how you have acknowledged. I love the four E's and I'll say them again. Emotional responsiveness, emotional exhaustion, emotional reality, and emotional health. And it's an opportunity, just as you shared, to first acknowledge. Can you tell us a little bit more? We have two minutes before our first break. Can you tell us a little bit more about emotional exhaustion? Because I feel like people, that's a place that people are living right now. Well, emotional exhaustion is when we let them pile up on top of each other. And then they take on a life for their own and we're doing things that we don't understand. You know, people laugh at me when I tell them some of the things I do, but I have a a swimming pool worm. You ever seen that long? Oh yes. Oh my God. I take that in my garage and I beat that pillow in that garage. I come out of there singing. (laughs) (laughs) But I have to do that or the anger will build the hurt will build if if you feel if you're feeling hurt write a letter on it don't don't try to edit it just Mm -hmm. just write it all out all the hurt and that's how you get to move forward and i'll close with this feelings are supposed to flow not stick that's why we get emotionally exhausted and it's not enough talk about it Uh, And the reason I know, I walked through all of this. (laughs) You know what, Dr. Benita, you are coming with it. Feelings are meant to flow, not stick. And we get emotionally exhausted when we allow them to pile up one on top of the other. And it's an opportunity to release that um, tension that gets bound up inside of us. Well, we have already jumped into the meat of our dialogue and we haven't even touched the book yet. So 
Hold on, listeners. We are getting ready to take a short break. But before we do, I want to remind those who are following me on social media. If you are on Facebook, I have launched a brand new public page. For those of you who were trying to follow me on the personal page and you just couldn't get in, well, I had hit my limit. Well, now there is a public page that is limitless and I want you to follow. So if you are on Facebook, I would love for you to follow DocV18. That's at DocV18. That's D-O-C-V-E-E-18. Or just simply type in at Dr. D-R-V-E-18. I-R-D-R-E Jackson. And every theme that we have in the coming year will be echoed on the Facebook page for encouragement, for reinforcement, and every single episode and the replays of this conversation. You need to go there because that is where the replay will be. So stay tuned. We haven't even begun to unpack her book, From Doomed to Doctor, Born in the Crack but Didn't Fall Through It. Yeah, I know I'm giving you a cliffhanger. Hang on, we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. On Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, Dr. Veerdra Jackson presents stories and powerful guest experts from business, health, relationships, and faith. Every story has its flip side, and we are here to delve into the story and challenge you to view what has kept you in a singular mindset and turn it into the flip side. When you can effectively do that, you'll experience necessary growth. Tune in live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The White House doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back. We have been having a powerful conversation around tapping into your joy, harmony, over hustle. And we've started the conversation by unpacking the four E's of 
Emotions by Dr. Bonita Sr. And those four E's are emotional responsiveness, emotional exhaustion, emotional reality, and emotional health. And she just unpacked for us that feelings are meant to flow, not stick. And she presented a feeling wheel. And I asked her to explain a little bit more about how someone could use that feelings wheel. Because I know that it, there's a flow there from intensity to less intense. Can you explain that a little bit more for us? Sure, I sure will. And it works pretty much like this. Um, the center are the most intense feelings. For instance, if you are sad, that's the highest form of sad. Mm. And then the pink just continues. Let's see if I can get this right. Then the pink continues. If you see, it gets lighter. Yes, it gets lighter. The next uh, section is less intense. Like with sad, a lesser intense level is guilty, but it's still mm -hmm. sad. And if you go all the way out, um, isolated is also a part of sad. So there are different levels to our six major feelings. But they say there are six major. And I heard one speaker say we have over 2,000 feelings. I was like, oh my God. But We'll just stick to the six major ones. And then they are. Can you share with they us do what? They go in intensity. On the outer side, which is playful, less, in, less intense form of joyful. Can you share um, what those six are? I sure will. They are. The main six are sad, mad, scared. Those are the ones we have the most trouble with. And the other three are peaceful, powerful, joyful. Wow. So it's three and three. Nice. Three that we I, regularly struggle with. I, I would not have identified powerful as an emotion. That is really interesting. And as we think about being able to put language to our emotion, oftentimes it can get stuck because as you have shared, I know when you're talking about emotional reality, one of those areas of emotional reality is actually saying what the emotion is, identify it, don't just continue to try to pass pass it by, push it away, but actually what is it, name it and begin to uh, address it. Is there more that you would like to share about that? Uh, the, the other thing I would like to add is I feel as if humans are not embracing their whole self which is that emotional piece. And I just want to say, we got to swallow our ego that we know it all as intellectual. You know, we build planes, we make these hundred story buildings, but we're, we're leaving out a very important part of being a human being, which is we feel. And we, we must, if we, if we plan to get out of the way we are now, 
as far as how we treat each other, we must start addressing and navigating and managing our emotions because they, they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. They're not going anywhere, but we can learn to manage them. And that's how I got from misery to joy. I love that. And as you talked about moving from misery to joy, what goals became easier for you to, to achieve in that process? What goals became easier for you? It was night and day. And I give you an example of going to school. Like I loved going to school all my life. I got my Bachelor of Science at 22. I made so many attempts at getting that master's and failed. It's just unreal. I kept failing at getting that mastery, that master's. And so when I began to work on myself and began to uh, admit this is a behavior that is not working for me, God remove it. This behavior isn't working for me, you know, please help me with this father. As I began to move from misery to joy, I think it was my fourth attempt at my master's. I love, you said, if you hang on, if you hang on, I love it, yes. It was my fourth attempt at my master's, I finally got that A, and then the professors told me, we want you to go on for the uh, EDD, the doctorate. That wasn't even on my radar. But it was almost as if once I worked on my emotions and all of my hurt from the past, the true Benita, the authentic Benita began to surface. And so it had a, it had a lot to do with moving from misery to joy. I would have been stuck in misery for the rest of my life if I didn't Repeating do it. the work. And I'll close with this homework that we received in school is something we do for the rest of our lives. No one could do this work for me. I had to do my homework. No one can do your homework for you, especially when it is all about working on you. And a part of that process, I believe, probably would have been um, integral in your autobiography that you wrote Uh, in 2018, which has five stars on Amazon. And then it propelled you to share your tragic um, turn and triumph story. And the book is called From Doom to Doctor, Born in the Crack, But Didn't Fall Through It. Tell us a little bit more about, about the book and the process of moving from doomed to doctor? Well, doomed to doctor pretty much is about moving your life to that ultimate goal that you have. Mine just happened to be, I love school. Mm-hmm. Anybody can take that title and, and, and paraphrase it for them. Uh, the, the one thing that really uh, helped me is the way it started. You know, I was hurt a lot in my home as a child. Uh, I was different. I I didn't have the right complexion. I didn't have 
the right hair. I didn't have the right size. So, you know, I was bullied and I was uh, name called and there were there were six of us, but I just didn't fit in. And so I grew up very, very hurt. And that caused me to go into ways to um, numb the pain. Numb the pain. Thank you. I was trying to find mm-hmm. the right word. You know, I was looking for ways to numb it, which is, you know, romantic relationships and difficulties with food. And none of that worked because the relationships end up horrible. Food, I just kept gaining weight. And that's when I decided, as I've shared, you got to find another way to deal with life, Benita, because what you're doing isn't working. And that's when I reached out to any resource, lectures, books, groups. This is the homework that I'm talking about. We have to do homework was given to us for a reason. Um, And once I did all of that, I was surprised that it started to work. Mm -hmm. And so I was working with a lady, a client. I was sharing with her what I used to be like, what I'm like now. She's like, Benita, you got to write this in a book. I'm like, why? Don't everybody go through this? No, Benita, everybody don't go through this. I know that's right. And so with her help and God's help and and a lot of a lot of groups that I attended and friends that I had, I wrote the book uh, so that others know you can have setbacks, but it's up to you to turn it into a comeback. It's mm-hmm. totally up to you. There's no, there's nothing on this planet that cannot be overcome. Wow. And I know that because of how far down I was. I was doomed. You know, I, I had, there were times I thought suicide was a better answer. Uh, but my groups, my my church people were like, no, Benita, no. Keep working on it and you'll see some results eventually. So that's one of the reasons I wrote the book is just to give people hope. And I'll close with um, hope. If you, you think about those letters, pain on, pain ends. Say that's that what again. Hope means. Uh, hope, hang on, pain ends. It ends. It can end. And it doesn't have to end in destruction. Hang on, pain ends. And it does not have to end in destruction. You shared the title for this episode of Reclaiming Your Joy. And one of your titles, I know that you are a success strategist and in the title, you said there is a blueprint for success. In April of 2020, I led a joy challenge um, and very similar to what you said, even in the virtual space that we were forced to be in, I had to find community. I had to find like-minded people to combat the fear, the anxiousness, and the isolation. So the entire month of April, Mm -hmm. I had guest after guest unpacking their perspective about joy. And you call yourself 
the joy strategist. Can you tell us a little bit about your joy university? Yes, uh, Joy University is a women empowerment center and we welcome men too. And in this center, I coach clients. Um, I give them resources. I do seminars. I do inspirational speaking. And of course, again, I'm an author. And it's all about helping individuals get past what's blocking them. And, and like I say, the reason I know I, I was blocked for so many years and I didn't share this earlier, but I had my Bachelor of Science at 22. I was almost 50 before I got my doctorate. So that's like 30 years of trying to work through all of this stuff. So it's not an easy process, but you will see gains as you go along and it'll keep you motivated. When you, as a joy strategist, I'm sure you have seen many success blockers. So you've shared fear, you shared not processing our emotions, you have shared isolation, you shared people pleasing as all examples of success blockers. What are some other success blockers <laughs> that you have had to coach and strategize through for others as well as yourself? Um, basically what I do for um, that particular item is I do, a, I take a sheet of paper, mm -hmm. I just fold it in half. On this side, I write what's blocking me. On this side, I write what I would like to see. And in the middle is the bridge of the work that I have to do. So I've had many success blockers because of the way I was raised from zero to 18. One of them are the thoughts that I allow in my brain. You know, I had to go in there and eject those thoughts, thoughts like I'm unworthy. You know, one of my success blockers was I'm not enough, low self-esteem, uh, poor self-image, not knowing my, my, my strengths. You know, I believe what they told me, okay? You're ugly, you're fat, you know, you're un. So that's, that's what I heard until I went into my brain and ejected all of that. And I started putting in, you're an attractive human being. You're um, a child of God. So I had to replace a lot of those thoughts with affirmations. Mm -hmm. That's the big thing that's going on now. And I also like to say I had to merge my mind with God's mind so that he can clean it up. Because my mind was full of what I was told from zero to 18. And there are so many books out now that say whatever is blocking you is rooted in zero to 18. So you got to look back and, and, and just write when you were hurt, fill it with support and it leaves. It's, it's a bully. I tell people it's just a bully. <laughs> That is so powerful. When I think about understanding that the stuff that's blocking your success is a bully, and the same way you would address a bully in real life, go after that thing that is getting 
in the way of your full potential and the very practical strategy of folding a paper, a piece of paper long ways and on one column, what's blocking you? And what I find interesting about what you just said is I've asked people, what do you want? And that second half of piece of, of paper, you actually have to pause and think about what is it that I want? What, who do I want to be? What life do I want to have? And actually write it down. And then yeah. down the middle, just as you said, start doing the homework. Start doing. <laughs> we all hate homework, but it's necessary. <laughs> but you know what? It is a vitally important part of understanding that growth and success don't just happen. It's not just an accidental thing that potentially could show up, but it's understanding that it does take work. I, I want people to know how they can find you, where can they get the book, and what, what are the new projects that you're working on? Uh, they can find me at Dr. Bonita Senior, senior at gmail.com. That's my um, email. I also have a website um, from doom to doctor.com. On there are ways to get the book. And also, if you just go to amazon.com, put in from doom to doctor, it'll come up. Um, I would like to say that it has really inspired many readers and that makes me feel joy because it was hard to be that raw and real publicly. But I felt if what I went through can shortcut it for someone else, it's worth it. Um, so definitely you can get it there. And um, I, yeah. Are there any new projects that you're working on or th uh, things yeah, that are coming I, up for you? Constantly, oops. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I constantly am putting myself out there to reach more people because when I do, it, it's such a lift for them to know that you can live in joy, not just um, occasional happiness. Joy stays with you whether you're going through a negative thing or not because you have hope. So I work on um, many things. Right now I'm working on my own... Um, a show on Black Live, BlackHouse.Live, and it'll be coming in July. I'm working on my second, second book, which is Fingerprint Living. We are designed by God. Just look at your fingerprint. No one else has it, so you have a purpose. Uh, I am working on healthy living cards because we all know what toxicity looks like dysfunctional look like I'm like we need a deck of cards to teach us what functional is one functional thing is it's okay to make mistakes you know instead of beating beating ourselves up when we make a mistake I'm human I was supposed to make a mistake now let me learn from it so there are several projects and you know it's amazing to me I have all this energy to do this but one lady told me it's probably because you're in your flow you're in your flow <laughs> 
You have allowed your feelings to flow, which have set you free for you to completely be. Be authentic in who you are. Dr. Benita, you have absolutely blessed my soul as you bring forth your joy strategies. And when you talk about healthy living cards, um, we have begun a new process. So those who are following the Living Strong flip side of Adversity Radio Show, you know that we have launched a new, new platform in how we're doing every show. So each show in the month is going to focus on a theme. And our theme for June is Harmony Over Hustle, recognizing that this concept of balance is an illusion. <laughs> it is a lie. And if we understand that there's an opportunity to have harmony, similar to your healthy um, habits cards or healthy living cards, we received a question from one of our listeners that asked, what are habits of harmony? So I'm going to share four habits that um, I thought of. And after I share my four, if you think of any, I'd love to hear what are some habits for harmony from your perspective. So four in response to our listeners question. One for me is being able to prioritize relationships. Um, it's beginning to recognize that significance rather than performance is how I want to live. And so how am I going to significantly add value to every relationship I have been assigned to interact with? And so for me, significance, prioritizing relationships because my goal is to be significant in adding to relationships. The second actually echoes something you just said, redefine perfection. Understand that the value of opportunity is often dressed up in work. And you said over and over again, we need to be ready to do our homework, that this is all a part of what's necessary for us to make that transition. The second is find the off button. <laughs> It's okay to say enough of that, enough of that. And the last one is get specific. You know, clutter causes us to get confused and clarity calms chaos. Clutter causes us to be confused, but clarity calms chaos. So get specific. So my four habits for harmony are prioritize relationships, redefine perfection, find that off button, and get specific. Dr. Benita, what are, what are one or two habits that you can think of that would foster harmony? I love your four. Um, one that really helped me is self-care. Sometimes I just block out two hours and I tell myself, Bonita, you're going to do nothing 
Nothing. Do you hear me? Nothing. And I have to tell her that a lot. But, you know, the hustle and the, the, the running, the, the, that's not good for us. Sometimes we need to just self-care, self-soothe, self-regulate. And I have little things that give me joy. Like I have my Camilla little doll here. You know, sometimes you just got to have little things around you that just give you the one fuzzy, my little ball, heart ball. Got some pom-poms that I do cheers, blow bubbles. I just do tons of self-care because I've, and this I didn't like, but this is the truth from what I've read. Good feelings float. So it's like we have to increase how long we have a good feeling. We have to do the work to increase it. I'm like, why? When you get a bad feeling, it just stays and stays. So I just have all kinds of things uh, to keep the good feeling going. And the last one I really love on the perfection thing, I have a formula that I borrowed from um, a leading expert and I use the 80-20 formula. You know, 20% of the time is for just mistakes, errors, learning, my, my, my 100% is 80. I don't even do, 100% doesn't work for me. And I give myself room for mistakes and error and being human. And it has took, taken so much pressure off of me. Because when something happens, I go, oh, that just falls in the 20% category. <laughs> Giving so, yourself yeah. grace. I love that. Give your own self grace, yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for those um, harmony habits. So if you want to be able to submit a question that we ask and answer on each one of our episodes, check out our website. You can send that question to radio at livingstrongllc.com. And if you're in our Facebook community, check the comment section. We have dropped the link to the question form in the chat. Take the opportunity to ask questions every single episode in year two. We're going to stop and ask you, what do you want to know? Now, just before we end today, I want to address a comment that was made on my new Facebook page. I posted one of the images and the image said, don't stop when you're tired, stop when you're finished. And the comment said, isn't it okay to stop and pay attention to your body? And I want to publicly address that statement because I think it was a powerful reflection and challenge. I want to first say that there's a difference between stopping and resting. Sometimes we will allow emotions to tell us it is necessary for us to stop when all we really need to do is rest and restart. So that post, the image of that post is challenging us to recognize, don't quit. Know when it's time to rest, but that's not the period to your story. It's a rest to restart. And I wanted to read a short 
a paragraph from one of my experiences. Those who know me know that I run, I train, I have uh, 53 workouts for the 53 years that I've been alive going on right now in the month of June. And my trainer, when we would work out at the peak of my training season, said that, you know, there's a 40-60 rule when you are pushing through an endurance experience. And it actually comes from the Navy SEALs. And I wanna read this to you and take it out of fitness and put it into the context of your life. The 40% rule is the idea that when our mind is telling us to quit, that our body has actually only used up 40% of its full potential. Think of it in these terms of a workout. How many times have you been deep in a long grind that your mind began to doubt, thoughts of doubts began to creep into your head? Our mind begins to tell us to slow down or to actually completely stop. But according to the Navy SEALs, at this point, we are only 40% used up and we are still capable of more. They explain that this extra 60% doesn't come from your mind or your body, it comes from your will. So I'm encouraging you, and the person who asked that question on the social media feed, that statement is to remind us that when your mind is telling you that you've gotta stop, there is more in you. It's okay to rest, but there's a difference between resting and stopping. So rest, regroup, reset, but it's absolutely necessary for you to restart. Don't stop until you are finished. Dr. Benita, I have to tell you, thank you so much for all that you are giving to the world as a joy strategist. I would love for your voice to be the last voice we hear before we exit out. Tell people again, how can they find you on social media? What is your social media handles? Okay, well, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and let's see here. I had it somewhere. <laughs> uh, Dr. Bonita Senior, if you put it in, you should be able to get me on Facebook. And I'm following my papers. Here we go. Uh, uh, Facebook is facebook.com and then uh, forward slash from doom to doctor. And Twitter is www.twitter.com forward slash Benita Senior. Instagram is D-O-C-T-O-R Bonita. So I spell out the word doctor. And I'm on LinkedIn and you can always email me and your presence would be welcome. Yes. Yeah, so if you want a blueprint, for joy. Go to the joy strategist. We have had an amazing conversation on the flip side of adversity. Stay with us. Come back 
Enjoy the conversation. Same time, same place next week on the flip side. See ya. Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.